Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. In this episode, I feature painter Jamie Holmes. Born and raised in Thibodeau, Louisiana, he is known for his paintings that portray intimate and poignant scenes of distinctly American communities, family, and traditions. He draws heavily on his own recollections to depict the stories and experiences of black life in the deep American South, capturing moments of celebration and struggle. The artist who works intuitively and without formal artistic training creates expressive tableaus that incorporate portraiture, symbols, text, and objects to reveal universal truths through personal narratives. His work has most recently been presented in exhibitions at Library Street Collective in Detroit, Deitch Projects in Los Angeles, Marianne Boski, New York, Dallas Museum of Art and Dallas Contemporary, among many others. His work is also included in the permanent collections of the Osh T Foundation, Brooklyn Museum, Dallas Museum of Art, Hammer Museum, ICA Miami, Museum of Fine Arts in Houston, Nasher Museum of Art, New Orleans Museum of Art, New Orleans Museum of Art, Perez Museum of Art, X Museum, and the Xiao Museum of Contemporary Art. Enjoy this episode featuring self-taught painter Jamie Holmes. Jamie, welcome. I'm uh, looking forward to our conversation. Hello. I'm excited. When did you discover your artistic passion? Honestly, ever since I was a, a really young kid, I had always like understood like there's no there's no documentation of me coloring out of the line when I was a kid <laughs> cuz my mom my mom still have like this uh this uh chest and it's everything from like kindergarten until you know even now that she collected of mine and when I looked through it you could tell that I've always had a touch for it for like the love of like creating things and it definitely started with what even my mom for her birthdays and and Christmas, like we really couldn't afford much, but I was always to always making her like Mother's Day cards and draw roses on it or something like that. And then my grandmother, she actually encouraged me to take it even further when she started tasking me with even harder <laughs> things to do. <laughs> you still see some of them? You said your mother saved some of them? Yes, my my mom. She saves pretty much all of it. And my grandmother, she still have like sketches that I've done for her on the walls in her house, framed up and everything. Because at the time, I don't think scanners really even existed for like homes and things like that. She had a photo that she needed a copy of it. And I was able to sketch it for her 
And she kept the the, the copy and gave the original to her sister. <laughs> Was there a particular artist or body of work that influenced you early on? Early on? I really can't say anyone influenced me. I just felt like I was more influenced by just the people of the world, like just people in general, like seeing people walking past by and things like that. And also, I hate to sound like a narcissist, but I was also, it was the influence of expressing myself because I didn't know how to express myself. It was always just shut down or just be angry. And my therapist actually suggested that I start uh, getting those things out. And um, I I just started painting. And I remember early on, I had got uh, comparison to like uh, Basquiat's uh, expressionist, uh, expressionistic work. And at the time, I didn't even really know. I didn't even know who Basquiat was at the time. But I just took it as a compliment because I was like, maybe he was expressing himself the same way I'm expressing myself. And then I just started to keep growing with my craft. Like I've always had a background of sketching people. So I felt like it would be the same, just the same thing, you know? So actually when I do paint, I paint it like how I approach sketching. How would you define your practice? I would just call it therapeutic. I feel like I, I feel like a poet that is still healing from different things, different events of my life. And I feel like I'm still apologizing to myself and forgiving others. So I just feel like it's a therapeutic, poetic practice, pretty much. It's like one of those things of just healing. I don't really look at it as a as a way to buy shoes or a house or even even look at it to even take care of my kids. Like, even though it helps taking care of my kids and, and family, things like that. But I feel like ultimately it's helping me heal to become a better person in general. Do you listen to music while you're working? Yes, I do listen to music. Sometimes it's a little bit of rap, a little bit of reggae. And I love, love, love like oldies. So it's a mixture between all of that and sometimes just my thoughts. I'll sit in silence and uh, just listen to myself. <laughs> what is your process for choosing color? When I use color, it's like a, I call it a season. I have a cart in my studio. And when I feel, it's like a mood ring. You know how mood rings change colors and things like that? I feel like my my cart is a mood ring. Like I'll pull out a few different colors of paint. And from there... I'm just like, you know what? This this is the season I'm in. And right now I'm using dark colors. This is just a it's a season. And whenever time is up or whenever I feel different about it, I'll move on. Cause if you look at a lot of my paintings, you'll see the same colors used a lot because I just felt like although I have a rack full of paint, like I when I when I first started painting, I was like, I'm gonna buy all this golden paint and I'm going to store it. I'm going to stack it. Up. I want people to come in and, and I have all this paint. And then I realized I was like, man, this is stupid. Like just, <laughs> you know, like I'm so used to dealing with not having. So I was like, you know, like you, you know, just get back to that. Like, don't be just because I can have it all. You don't have to have it all in a way. So what I do is I just, my feeling, my mood, I'm like, all right, I want to use these colors today. And I end up using those for months. 
and months until I'm pretty much out. And then when I go back to the rack, I'm looking for new colors. And that's how, you know, the seasons start changing and things like that. So what does your studio feel like? What does it look like? It feels like home. It, it feels like home. Like my studio is like a, I call it the belly of the beast. <laughs> and I feel like I appreciate my studio more than my studio appreciate me. I feel like my studio is a, a living being and I I talk to it. I think it. I turn around before I leave and I look at it and remember it because tomorrow is not promised. So I always take a look back and just see it as is. And it's like, man, when I come back tomorrow, if I get to come back tomorrow, we start all over. So it's just like it's like a uh, my studio feels like a it's like I'm collaborating with my studio, like it's my business partner or just my just my partner in general. So. So if you weren't a visual artist, what other career path do you think you would have chosen? I think I would have gotten in the medical field because I've always my mom when my mom was going to school for nursing, she would ride around listening to her notes on a cassette tape. And I would always have to hear it and hear it. And then I started asking a lot of questions and she gave me a lot of books. And I just started being really like amused by like just the human body and how strong a human body could be and how much pain a body could go through and what makes it function. And just just so much like it's just like the human body is really interesting. And um, and I always find it similar to plants. So I just feel like it would it would have to be some sort of botany or some sort of uh, medical person. When do you know work is finished? Whenever I call Marianne and tell her to pick up the paintings. Because if it stays in my studio, I'm I'm going to pick at it until either I ruin it and throw it in the trash or until I spaz out enough. So I just, I personally just like to walk away from it at a certain point. It's hard to really tell because the story is continual, you know? So that's what got me working into a series because I don't know how to, I don't know how to really stop on one painting. It's like, man, like, you know what? Let me add another painting and add another painting and add another painting because like the story continues, you know? And when do the titles of the work enter the creative process? Sometimes it's in the middle. Sometimes it's way in the end. Sometimes it's before. It's usually like just a a phrase that I'm saying while I'm painting. Like, oh, man, like it all depends. Like sometimes I have to sit with the painting and try to understand what I was trying to tell myself. Because a lot of my work is just conversationals or conversations between me and the canvas. And I feel like uh, I could hear it sometimes. And it, it tells me exactly what it should be. So it's not really like a thought out process of like, I'm going to paint today chicken and ham or, you know, it's, 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 it's different than that. It's just more of like, just comes to me in a process. Because a lot of it not really planned out. So it's just like one of those things of like, you just want to start painting something. You kind of know your subject. You know, that might be the plan. Like, oh, I want to paint myself and I want to talk about this with myself. And from there, it just keep growing. It's never really too planned out. So do you ever think about who your audience is while you're working? I don't think I think fully about the audience, but I do 
think about the conversation I have with myself and the Black community. Do you feel Black art can be defined? As in defined, what do you mean by defined? That's a good question. Define as in, let's say, a collector, right? I want to collect Black art. Well, what is what does that mean? Can Black art be defined? I don't think it could be defined. I don't think that it would be fair to single it out under the umbrella of art, visual art. I feel like it all should hold uh, the same value and title. Like if if a collector is looking for specifically Black art, I think that they should get to know Black culture first, in a way. Like, try to understand it and then realize that Black culture is one of those things where it is unique. And But I feel like when it comes down to just even... I don't know, because it's kind of hard because I feel like all artists, especially with, with Black artists, we all live different lives. There's some Black artists that live like white folks. There's some white folks that live like Black folks. There's some Spanish folks that live like Black folks. And so I don't I don't know, because I just feel like as an artist, me as a creator, I'm just I'm speaking from what I've been through and my culture and expressing myself. So I don't feel like you could really single it out. I feel like art is art at the end of the day. That's a that's a hard question. What do you enjoy most about being a visual artist? Being able to get out how I feel instead of storing it and actually after getting it out, looking at it and spending time with it before it leaves my studio. So it's just like being able to create is more important to me just than anything at this at this point of my life. How do you keep learning? I keep learning by, for one, listening. Also, the urge to want to be a better person in general. So because of that, I'm able to hear myself better. And I'm also able to hear other people and I understand other people better because I feel like when you're not trying to heal or even become a better person, sometimes you can get so closed off. You can't hear nothing anybody saying, no matter what book you read, no matter what documentary you watch or anything, you're so closed off that you only can hear your own issues. And when you learn how to start forgiving yourself, forgiving others, I feel like you're able to hear so much more. You get even you hear the plants at some point of you, of some point of your life. You know, you can hear God talking at some point of your life when you really start healing. So that's how I just keep learning. I just keep trying to be the best version of myself. And I feel like it's teaching me a lot. So what are you excited about right now? I'm excited about my upcoming exhibition. I have an upcoming exhibition at the Modern. The opening is August 11th. And I'm super excited because it's my first uh, solo exhibition. I'm happy to see the works have the conversation with each other because it was all created at a different time in different spaces. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see them in conversation um, with each other. And I'm excited for the public to have that conversation with the, with the work also. So super exciting. How has your practice changed over the years? I feel like when I first started, it was really loose, 
it was like a a baby trying to have a conversation but couldn't really speak out a full sentence but they could say certain words and i feel like now that baby that couldn't speak a full sentence able to could speak and read a whole paragraph so i just feel like there's so much growth in the work and i feel like early on it was me expressing myself and uh just regurgitating everything that i was feeling at the moment it was real really therapeutic and now i'm able to put that expression into actual figures so it's really exciting to see both styles feel the same when i see it i see my work as even though my work is classified as figurative i still see my work as a really abstract just a abstract way of thinking that i do have and when i see the work i still see it as that same thing but instead is a uh, is more refined what would you say are the most substantial challenges that you've encountered as an artist believing in myself and also trying to find my place within the art world because originally when i started painting it was all again it was therapeutic it was one of those things where i'm just expressing how i feel and then when people took liking to it i'm still feeling like really grateful but it's still a emotional moment for myself so i feel like the challenge is like knowing that i'm giving a piece of me away the way i'm giving it away you know and i feel like it's it's being that i'm seeing that is helpful that's why i continue to do it that's why i continue to have these conversations on instagram while i continue to paint and uh send these paintings to collectors that can really relate to the work and uh, hopefully that it opens them up to uh, be able to do the same thing. So just the the challenge of just giving a part of myself away like that is one of those things where it's like, dang, like I'm grateful, but like, dang, <laughs> you know, like you just you open yourself up to the world, and it's not as private, you know, um, your emotions and how you feel and things like that. But it helps me to be able to keep moving forward so i continue to do those things do you ever get connected or have you ever been so connected to a particular painting that you just really can't depart with it yeah they all all three of them are hanging on my wall at my house <laughs> well one of them headed to the modern right now for the exhibition but the other two they're hanging up in my house i just couldn't imagine anyone else really understanding the feeling you know so I, i was like you know what this is uh this one this one stand and it's one of those things that i've done i i've had when i create my work i I've, i've all my motto is paint it as if you want to keep it like as if like i paint it for myself so that's what make it really hard cuz i'm like oh man dang it i really want to keep this one but i just kept one <laughs> so it's like it's always a struggle but luckily i work with galleries that understand like they understand that these things are going to happen time to time <laughs> i've enjoyed this conversation this this is the last question what do you feel is the purpose of art and as an artist what is your role the purpose of art is to peel back the layers of the person that's creating it to be honest it's like i feel like a lot of artists are using art to heal or to even tell the story of uh the times that we're in today 
at least speaking on like on myself, I feel like my purpose is to continue to tell these stories of the people that that does exist in this world, at least in America and Black America. I feel like that's my my duty to show that those type of humans do exist because I don't want I don't want 300 years from now to come and we forgot about the people in the South or we forgot about just the the normal everyday Black human. You know, um, I feel like it's really important because we don't have our pyramids in the United States to to go back and look in. 5,000 years from now. So I feel like me as an artist, it's my duty to realize that 5,000 years from now, what will I leave behind and what stories will I tell and who I will tell it about and who do I really represent for? So I uh, feel like that's my duty is just to to continue to tell these stories. So 5,000 years from now, they don't get lost in translation in a way. At least that's my duty. (laughs) It's been a pleasure getting to know you. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram.